the long run, passivity won't pay off. It never pays off. If you want a life of meaning and transcendence, you're going to have to move. Aggression doesn't have to be toxic or damaging. Healthy aggression risks. It builds new things. It breaks through barriers. It's the key to living a life that matters. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. Man, I am excited about today. Boys and girls, you're going to interact with one of the authors that has profoundly shaped my life in a significant way. I read a book of his a number of a number of years ago. Let's see how number it is. Let, let, let's just call it over 20 years ago that is still forming me today and has been incredibly, incredibly impactful. Primitive camping, authentic manhood, adventure motorcycling, risk and challenge. If you know me at all, you might be thinking I'm describing myself, and in many ways I am, but... I'm actually describing our guest today. His name is John Eldridge. He's an author, counselor, teacher. Above it all, he's been a pioneer. He's one of the first leaders to call out specific challenges and blessings of being a man. And I know some of you are today, you're not late, you're not, you're not men. I get, I get. But if you want to understand men, hang in today. And only this, we talk about men, you're going to understand yourself a lot better. He's the president of Ransom Heart. He spends his life helping people discover the heart of God and their place in it. He's best known for his worldwide bestseller, Wild at Heart, which has helped millions of readers better understand what it means to be a man. He's the author of over 20 books and, and workbooks, including the new one just released in February, Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World God Man. John Eldridge, welcome to The Aggressive Life. Thanks, Brian. Great to be with you. Well, dude, I got to tell you, man, Wild at heart, life-changing for me, utterly life-changing. Are the concepts in that book, are they old too at this point? Do you start rolling your eyes going, oh, no, tell me they don't want me to talk about the father wound. Oh, no, tell me I don't have to keep going back over old territory. Has it gotten old for you? No, no, not a day, not a day old because the crisis is worse than ever, as you know, right? When When I wrote Wild at Heart, Let's call it gender confusion. There were a lot of guys just kind of wondering, what does it mean to be a man? How do you get there? But now it's gender collapse. Yes. Like in our culture, it's tragic. It's heartbreaking. There's a lot of people that they're so blown out of the water, they don't even think gender is a thing. So they don't know what it means to be made in the image of God. They don't know what it means to be male and female. And, and that's just heartbreaking. So... More relevant than ever, buddy. Right. Well, boy, that's a whole other thing maybe we'll get into today. The, uh, the, the hesitancy we have to even define anybody based on their genitalia. Maybe we'll, we'll get into that. But let, let's, let's first talk about Wilder Heart. One of the things you talked about was the father wound. To describe for us the father, what, what is the father wound? Well, you got to understand, okay, so mask, let's, let's talk about it this way. Masculinity is a journey, and from the boy to the man, right? Full-blown men don't come into the world. You get, you get little boys, and that little boy's got a path. He's got a journey to take. He's got a process, and the dad 
is the key figure to guide him from boyhood into manhood, to, to take the, the beauty and the wildness and the playfulness and everything that's boyhood and shape it into a man that can lead a community, that can love a family, that can be faithful to a woman for his whole life, a man who can help bring the kingdom of God into the world. That is a process. And it was the father in God's design initially. And then, yeah, uncles, brothers, cousins, coaches, teachers, pastors, priests, you know, you bet. The community of men, but first dad. And he looks to dad for two needs. He looks to dad, do you love me? And he looks to dad for an answer to the question, and do you think I have what it takes? Am I a real man? And the father wound comes when the father says, no, I don't love you. You're not worth my time. You're not worth my presence. And it gets worse, right? It's the violence. It's the verbal abuse, the sexual abuse. And then the second thing is the father wound comes directly at his core question of, do I have what it takes? The father says, no, you're a pussy. You're an idiot. You'll never amount to anything. You're a mama's boy. You know, and it gets worse than that. I have to edit myself for podcasts, but you know, uh, the father wound is where most men's masculine formation stops. It's where their journey gets cut off at the knees. And that's why we, we, we often have to go there early in, in the recovery process because you got to heal that up so a guy can get back on track. Right, and even if it's not that that guy is that dad has been abusive or has been physically absent in many situations. It's the emotional absence. It's the, it's the lack of hearing from our dad. I just dawned on me, I don't know if you've thought about this. You probably have because you're older and wiser and more well-read than me. But I was just going over, again, the times when Jesus heard from his father. And I mean literally heard from his, not, not, not when he goes someplace and you assume that he's heard from God in his in his time with God, there's two times that, that I read in the Bible where we very, get very clearly when God speaks to him. Now, I hate to put my guests on the spot. Do you know what those two times are, John Eldridge? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. It's his baptism, and it's the Mount of Transfiguration. That's right. And it's the exact same thing both of those times that he says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And when we don't, like I, have still yet to hear that from our earthly father, it leaves a wound. Maybe I should just yeah. curl up in your lap right now, John, and have you like help me out here, because I'm still hurting over here. Well, and you're making an important point, Brian, because silence is deadly. In fact, it's the passive wounds, the silent wounds, the absence, the just lack of involvement. You know, I don't want to go to your soccer games. I don't want to know what's going on in school. He just never asks you a question, right? Those are actually the harder wounds to heal because they don't look dramatic, mm. right? The hardcore dramatic stuff is just out there for everybody to see, right? It's no doubt. My dad had multiple affairs. My dad committed suicide. Horrible stuff, right, that guys will, will report. But at the silent thing, the passive thing of just, no, I just never really did anything with my dad. No, I, he never really, no, never really said any, didn't say much. That stuff is harder because it's hidden woundedness. Yeah, and that was my situation where I th your book was the beginning of my discovery on that. That's when I started to recognize, oh, that's why I keep trying to prove that I'm a man. 
Oh, that's why I excessively drank underage. Oh, that's why, uh, you know, I, I kept trying to have a bunch of classic stereotypical macho things because I was trying to prove that I was a man because no one was telling me that I was a man. Of course, I just, today, today I just genuinely like a lot of those stereotypical macho things, but I don't like how my early journey into those things often was. It was trying to accommodate something that was wounded inside of me. Do you find, do you find that this is more relevant with men or women or women just as wounded by their dad as guys are wounded by their dad? They are, but it looks different. Um, and the healing for a woman, the path is usually more available because she is more in tune with her heart. And that's the difference between men and women. A woman is normally more in tune with her internal world. She can tell you what she's feeling. She can tell you about an event that really broke her heart. Guys, it takes more work because we tend to bury that stuff and never take it out again, right? And, and guys tend to live, frankly, pretty detached from their heart. But by no question, women are as wounded as men. Uh, and the fascinating thing is you asked about father, and here's why, is because gender identity is bestowed by the father. Mothers bring many, 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 many powerful things to the equation. They really do. They teach mercy. They teach faithfulness. They teach unconditional love. I will always be here for you. You know, this is a fascinating thing. Soldiers, soldiers who are dying on a battlefield don't cry out for father. They cry out for mom because mom is mercy. Mom is protection. Mom is comfort. Mom is love. But little girls and little boys look to dad for their gender identity. And the little girl, it's daddy, do you think I'm pretty? Daddy, am I worth your time? Daddy, will you pursue me? Will you pursue me? And, and so her woundedness comes a little bit different from the father. It looks a little bit different, but dad, dad is a powerful role. I thought you were, I thought you were saying that dad declares gender because he's the one that provides the right chromosome, the X or the Y. That's not what you're saying, though, but that is scientifically no. true, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, it's, it's, it's what he bestows after birth. It's the core questions. A little girl needs to, everybody needs, so here's my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, right? I love you. You have what it takes, okay? It's literally what he says to Jesus. Little girls, it's a little bit different. It is, I love you and you are worth pursuing. You are worth pursuing. So I'm sure some of our listeners, especially those newer to the aggressive life, are expecting something a little more passive, a little more gentle, <laughs> a, little, a little less quote-unquote in line with old stereotypes. Just speak to them for a moment. It sounds like you're saying that there's a difference in the sexes. It sounds like you're saying that the dad has more power in the home than the mom. Are you saying that? And if so, why? No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's different because the mother wound is the mother of all wounds. Uh, and, and so when you don't learn mercy, oh man, when you don't learn that you will have enough, the mother literally nurses her child. She literally communicates to the child. It's your first bonding and it's your first attachment. 
And so most attachment disorders happen because mom wasn't there. She was checked out emotionally. She was checked out physically. But what I am saying is this. Let's back up for a minute because the beauty of this, we're talking about something that's filled with dignity. Gender is how we bear the image of God. It's incredible. It's holy. It's it's glorious. It's not oppressive. It's not stereotyping. It's not stigmatizing. It's not ostracizing. It's not. Not if we love each other. So you go back to Genesis 1. Here's the first thing said about the human race. Male and female, he made them. In the image of God, he made them. Male and female. So the way you bear the image of God is either as a man or as a woman. So both equally valuable, not one better than another, both equally powerful in the home, but very distinct and unique. And we bring very different things to the human community. All right, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. I think though, it's still hard for any, for for increasing percentage of Americans to believe that there actually is a difference between men and women beyond just yeah, visible. I know, I know, I know. And you just got to ask, where'd you get that? Because you, you didn't get it from God and you didn't get it from human history. Human history has believed this. This is one of those things across cultures. You, you can go anywhere. You can go to ancient Egypt. You can go to the Amazon. You can go to Greece. You, you go anywhere. You go to Shakespeare. You, you, you go anywhere. And this is like, it's there. It, it, the masculine and the feminine have run down through human history is, as things to be treasured and known and, and developed, right? It's only in the last 50 years that, it, that the collapse of gender has taken place, primarily in the West. You won't find this in, in the developing world. I mean, because they just live, they live too close to nature to deny it still. I, I, I know, I find one of the arguments that seems to always put out there that, that, that shuts people down because we all want to be on a winning team, right? We, none of us want to be unenlightened. We all want to be on a winning team is when we say, well, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Hey, guess what? If you don't see this, you're on the wrong side of history. History's already spoken on this. You're on the wrong side of history. You are, all, yeah. Every culture in every corner of the globe in every time area understands here there's a uniqueness about men and women. It doesn't mean that all men operate the same. It doesn't mean all women don't operate the same. But there is something unique, special, might we even say sacred, that's baked in. And that's, I might also say, that's kind of science. I mean, I, I find that we're, 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 we're saying we want science more than God until science starts to tell us things like, no, your genitalia tells you who you are. And all of a sudden we want to abandon science. It just... We're, we live in strange times. We really do. And I have, yeah. I have amazing yeah. grace and amazing patience for folks who have massive wounds and are struggling with all of those issues and all those questions. And I also have just a, uh, I, I feel bad for those of us who no one speaks for us. And that's kind of what you're doing for us today. I appreciate it. I'm glad to do it. Well, let's talk about another thing that is near and dear to my heart. Let's talk, let's talk you and the outdoor wilderness. How many nights in the last 365 days would you say that you have camped? Oh, wow. Uh, 30? Uh, that's a good man right there. That, that, that's been about my average the last, the last several years. It's wonderful. Way to go. Way Great. to go, man. 
Well, I came to it late. When I, when I started reading your stuff, I just would kind of gloss over kind of the outdoorsy stuff because I, I really wasn't into it then. Not that I, I was against it, but it just wasn't part of my normal practical rhythms. And um, it is now. And not just because I enjoy it, because I also feel like there's something primal to it. We do a thing called man camp. We've taken 17,000 guys through it. It's a primal camping experience. I like to tell guys, like, if you haven't taken a dump in the woods, you're, you're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. every single human being, male and female, has done that forever. And if you haven't sung with people around a campfire, if you've stared in a campfire, I, I think there is something that starts getting broken in our soul. And we might be as broken as we are with as many neuroses and, and all kinds of mental things we have going on, maybe because we're detaching ourselves from the rhythm of creation. What do you think about that? Oh man, preach it, buddy. This is huge. And guys, there's science and research all over this. So get this, for children to develop strong immune systems, they have to play in the dirt. There are certain probiotics that you can only get from the dirt. And so we have all this, now we have all these allergies and we have all these immune disorders and kids are showing up allergic to weed and gluten and all this stuff, right? Well, it's because we have, we have over comforted the human being and we don't let kids play in the dirt anymore. Mm. And so, and then we have all this mental health crisis, right? And as a therapist, I've been a therapist for 30 years, I'm really, it breaks my heart. This is horrible. The, the rising rates of anxiety and depression, suicide in the West, it's off the charts. Well, guess what? There is a probiotic in the dirt called MVASE that they've done enormous amounts of research on that your brain needs for serotonin production. Mm. <laughs> like, like mm. folks, you literally need to be outside. You, you, as a healthy human being. My son used to eat dirt, literally eat dirt when he was a kid. And he's like, get yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff, man. I bet he's healthy now. He is. So, so what else do you think we're missing because we've removed ourselves from the outside? We removed ourselves from interacting with God's creation. We removed ourselves from unpredictable environments. We've removed ourselves from being in an environment when we have to rely on others. Just, just, just keep going on us, John, because I hear people say, well, I'm, just, I'm not an outdoorsy person. I'm like, you mean you're not human? You mean you're... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, because again, you look at the creation story, what are you made for? God created men and women for the natural world. He didn't, he didn't create us and then put us down at the mall. He didn't create us and put us in a city. Now, yes, cities developed, but he did not start there. Like humanity is created for nature. And there is so much about nature that is so nourishing and strengthening and filling. But to today's topic, to, to narrow it down, let me describe this. So at the, at the top of the show, I said masculinity is a process from boy to man. And it is primarily a process of initiation. That things need to get formed, shaped, developed in the masculine soul. And there is nothing even close to nature to do that. Because when you can just pick up your phone and buy a house, you can buy a house from your phone. When, when, you, when you can pick up your phone, do all your banking, all your groceries, order dinner, have it delivered to your door, you have a very messed up view of reality, right? Like it, it doesn't shape you, inform you. And remember that core question of do I have what it takes? You're not going to get an answer from your cell phone. 
right? You're just not, or from your email. Those things are formed in reality. What I describe when I'm talking to, the, about, to men and, and moms and dads about the initiation of boys, one of the most important lessons a boy learns is that there is a way things work. There is a way things work and you can't just ignore it. So you run your hand down a grain of wood the wrong direction, you're gonna get a splinter every time. Like you, it, God's not gonna change that for you just because you're doing that. There's a way things work, right? You turn that canoe sideways in the current, you're gonna, you're gonna flip. Yeah. There's a way things work. And, and all of that, everything that your guys are learning in primitive camping, like you, you can't ignore your shelter. You can't ignore your warmth. You, there is a way things work. There's a way and to build learning. a fire. And you can argue yes. about it all you. There is a way to build a fire. Yeah, right. There's a way things work. That's and it's, fascinating. And it, you, can you, you can take all that back into your normal life. Guess what, guys? There is a way love works. You can't ignore your wife's heart and expect to have a great marriage. There is a way things work. And it goes into parenting and it goes into mission and it goes into the gospel. And, and this is what men need to learn. And they're not going to learn it in a digital environment. Boy, this is fascinating, John. I, I, I've not thought about this before. You're right. Um, there's a right way and a wrong way to operate when you're outside. And generally, in the rest of our life, when someone says right way or wrong way, we can get into a dialogue or, or opinion of, well, is that the right way? Is that the right way? No, it's very, very clear. Do not put your tent in a dried out wash basin. Do not. It's very, very clear. You got to have the dry stuff for the fire on top so it trickles down and burns everything down. It's very, very clear. You've got to have a certain amount of, it's not like there, there is a right way. I just wonder if there's so many things that we're struggling with as culture right now because we haven't learned that we shouldn't be fighting against things that just are. We keep having philosophical debate about them where you can't yeah. have that in the wild, right? There's a rapid. Yeah. There's a specific way you have to take that rapid. You must row through it, you know, right? Yep, yep. You want to catch a fish, there's a right way to do it. And if you don't, you're, not, you're going hungry. All right. Right, you're gonna. You're not gonna eat tonight. There's a. There's a way that you hunt a deer, and and if you're gonna get, if you get upwind of him, forget it. There goes. There goes your family's meal for weeks. You know there is a way things work, to everything in life, including life with God. There is a way things work, and and you're right. Like the modern world, wants to blow all of that off because we don't want to be encumbered by it. It, it feels unfair. It, it feels like we can't get our own way. Well, you know who wants to get his own way? is the three-year-old. <laughs> John, you ready for the lightning round? This is the lightning yeah. round. This is when I give you a topic and I, I'd say something to you and you got to knock it out in like two or three sentences. It's like chop, chop, chop. Can you do it? Well, I'll try. <laughs> All right. Most important lesson you've ever learned about God? That he has a sense of humor. Oh, that's good. Biggest encouragement you give fathers and mothers? It's about, it, it's about their heart, guys. It's not about their behavior. You got to win their heart. This is all about your son's and daughter's heart. It's not about their behavior. Mm, that's great. Favorite book you've written? Oh, that one's hard. Um, 
I really love Beautiful Outlaw because um, it gets us Jesus back from the stained glass and makes him real for people. Uh, a lot of prisoners really love that book. That, that makes me stoked. Have you seen uh, The Chosen? Yes, it's killer. <laughs> yes, it is. That's the first Jesus I've seen that um, I thought, yeah, I'd follow that guy. The last episode with the woman at the well, it, it, that's exactly how that scene unfolds in the gospel. Like, that is it. Yes. And, and most people don't see it. It's really cool. It is the best thing on Jesus I have ever seen. The production value is in hyper, hyper high because he had a limited budget. It was a Kickstarter, it was a Kickstarter thing. But my gosh, the humor of Jesus that you see, the, 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 the punchiness of him, um, even lines like get used to different when he gets criticized is really, it's, yep. get it, get it. It's an app, the chosen app. Get the app, it's free, or you can stream it uh, longer version or, or with some more ads and stuff on, on YouTube. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. Back to the lightning round. See, I always, I always break the, I always break the rules here. Here, uh, favorite book you have yet to write? Oh, I'd love to write a book about um, the outdoors. Just a book about nature and wildness and beauty and adventures that we've had in it. Other than Jesus, three people in all of world history that are not Jesus that you would like to camp with. Okay, camping camp is a with. really good qualifier. Right, you're going to camp yeah. with these three of them. All of world history. Camping. Yes. <clears throat> camping. C.S. Lewis and the Apostle Paul and David. See, you're just too Christian-y for me. Are you kidding me? You would, Kit Carson wouldn't make one of the list? Like the, the greatest camper, adventure, explorer of all time? You just you just do your standard Christian answers. People who don't even camp would name those three people. Yeah, sorry, those are the people I want to hang out with. Boring. All right, let's keep going here. <laughs> About time you said something I disagree with. There you go. Okay, uh, biggest adventure in life that you haven't taken yet. I really want to do a do-it-yourself float trip on an Alaskan river, hunting for moose and fishing for salmon. Do it yourself. That would be great. Get dropped off. There's your raft. We'll see you in 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that? There's places oh, yeah. to do that? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, have you been to Alaska before, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. I've been once. I'm going back again next summer, I think it is. I have not added that to my list of possibilities. I'm sure that's real affordable. All right. Favorite place in the world? That's tough, man. That's not fair. One place? Yes. Give me, give me three. Okay, three. North Shore of Kauai, the Tetons in Wyoming, and the wild west coast of Ireland. All right. Let's say I have a terrible or absent father. What do I do? You pick up Wild at Heart, or the book Fathered by God, you pick up Healing the Masculine Soul by Gordon Dalby. You have some work to do. Let's say I'm afraid that I might be the terrible or absent father. What should I do? You pick up Wild at Heart <laughs> or Fathered by God or Healing the Masculine Soul by Gordon Dalby 
you have some work to do. Oh, come on. See, this is the problem with you professional trained therapists. All that's true, all is true. I'll answer the question as well. Go to your kid today, put your hand behind his (laughs) neck, look him in the face and say, I'm sorry, and I approve of you, and I want to get better. Yeah. And then watch Wild at Heart and Darby, whoever you talked about there, okay. All right, uh, how to teach your kids to embrace challenge and risk? The first thing you gotta do is make the non-digital world exciting, okay? Because in this, in this hour, you gotta get them off the digital. You know, their phones, their pads, all that stuff. You gotta, and so you gotta find something that they think is super cool that's outdoors. And it may not be the thing you think is cool, okay? And that was the big lesson for me as a dad. Like I love fly fishing, I love bow hunting, but I can't force that on my kids. I gotta find something that they think is super cool. You know what it started for us? It was go-karts. Ripping go-karts around, man. That is a gas. In the dirt. There are very, yeah, there's very few boys that don't think that's super fun. (laughs) Anyway, you find the thing your kids think is cool that is outside. Because as they begin to love that, oh, let me tell you, You know, all the other lessons come. Here's what happens when that go-kart breaks. Here's what happens when it rains. Here's what we do, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you gotta make it fun. You gotta keep it fun or or you're just gonna kill the relationship. That's a great insight, John. We, We do think whenever someone says outdoorsy, we do immediately think camping, fishing, hunting, but outdoorsy is not intrinsically those things. That, that, that's, a, that's a really good word. It's one of the mistakes I made too uh, as a young dad is I just didn't get my kids out. And part of it was that at that point in my life, I wasn't camping. I didn't like hunting and I didn't fish. I was a born loser fisherman. So I just kind of blocked that all off instead of saying, how are we gonna get outside and do things more than only soccer games? That's a good word. Yeah, man. I mean, e-bikes now, e-mountain bikes. Like, come on, like there is a ball to be had out there that the kids are going to, they're going to love it. That's fantastic. All right, brother. Hey, you, 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 you've achieved so much. You've helped a lot of people. You've been in a lot of different things. Anything that's next for you? Well, there are a lot of people that are yet need what we have. There's a lot. It'd be easy to say, hey, I'm done. That was a great run. Um, but... We're going to re-release Wild at Heart next year, whole new film series, a whole new program behind it, because there's just a lot of guys that need what you're doing. There's a lot of guys that need masculine help. Um, So it's not it's not the moment to quit, although sometimes I would love to quit. So you're you're staying in your lane and blowing out the things that God's already brought your way. Exactly. If someone wants to get involved with what you're doing. Podcast, website, whatever. How, how could they do that? Yeah. Um, wildatheart.org. Uh, you can find our podcast. We, can, we do live events for men and women. Uh, we do a lot of films. Uh, so wildatheart.org. Great. Well, this has been this has, uh, been great for me, John. It's, it's very rare I get to have a... I get a lot of guests on that I want to be with. Every single one I have on is one I want to be with or I wouldn't check it off. But there's very few, actually, not even very few. I don't think there's anybody that's made a deposit in my life 20 years ago that still affects me today like you did 
with that book, Wild at Heart. So um, I, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful not that you gave us time today, but I'm thankful for your work and being a lone voice in the wilderness talking about men issues when it wasn't really a, a cool thing to do and still isn't in many, many ways. Uh, you've, you've made an impression on my life. And I'll just tell the, the Aggressive Life podcast folks, if you've gotten anything from this podcast, you're on the downline of John Eldridge. So thanks for being with us today, brother. Yeah, thanks, Brian. That's very kind of you to say. Love what you're doing. Love the man camp thing. 17,000 guys, come on. Way to go. Way to go. Hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band Judges for the music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.